from Salesforce Studios, this is Blazing Trails. Welcome to another episode of Blazing Trails. I'm Laura Woods with the Salesforce blog. Today, we continue with our new 10-part content series called Leading Through Change to share tips from business leaders who, like all of us, are doing their best to get through these unprecedented times. If you are a longtime follower of Salesforce, then you know that today's speaker is a guest we love to have on and one who you heard from in our previous Dreamforce series. It's Ariana Huffington. She is the founder of HuffPo, current CEO of Thrive Global, host of the Meditative Story podcast, and author of 15 books, including her most recent one, The Sleep Revolution. Salesforce has partnered with Ariana and Thrive several times before to share her story about extreme burnout. Personally, I love to hear about how she's dedicated her time to educating people on the why and how of taking care of both your mind and body, something especially important for people and employers to be thinking about right now. In this episode, Ariana is joined by Jody Koner, Salesforce's Senior Vice President of Employee Marketing and Engagement, and Catherine Bowen, Salesforce's Employee Engagement Programs Director. Ariana will share her three favorite micro steps for combating anxiety and centering yourself and her philosophy of onward, upward, inward, one I really enjoy. She also talks about how she builds space for herself into her daily routine, how practicing gratitude can shift your perspective, and resources that her team has made to help you find peace in this time of stress. You'll hear all of this on today's episode of Blazing Trails with Ariana Huffington. Today, uh, we are very honored to have the incredibly talented Ariana Huffington with us. I just adore her, and I'm really, really thrilled that she could join us today. And with that, Ariana, I turn it over to you. Thank you so much, Jody. Um, I am really happy to be here with all of you. I feel that these times are both incredibly trying. And so anybody who is going through anxiety, please don't think this is abnormal. It's completely normal. And the first step is to totally acknowledge it, but also that we have opportunities and steps we can take to help us get back to our own center. And really, the work that um, I've been doing in the last few years, and um, that started really with writing the book Thrive, because Thrive was really about the recognition that we all have in us this place of peace, strength, wisdom, and harmony. Like most of the time, we are not there. (laughs) And especially during a time like this, we are not there more and more because we are legitimately anxious about our health, the health of our loved ones, financial stress, Are we going to have our job? An enormous amount of anxiety-provoking triggers. But nevertheless, and I want to start with that because it is the key to dealing with anxiety. We need to realize that according to every religion, every spiritual tradition, every major philosophy, if you don't believe in any religion or spiritual tradition, it doesn't matter. Every... um, philosopher has said the same thing, that that place exists by virtue of our birthright. So the question really in normal times, and even more important in 
times like of crisis like this is to find the ways to course correct and get back to that place as fast as we can. So it could be almost like an aeroplane. You know, if you are, if you talk to any pilot, you know, an aeroplane flies off course more than it flies on course, but they have an impeccable course correcting mechanism. So it's off course, on course, off course, on course. How can we create that mechanism in ourselves? And it all comes down to micro steps. Um, as Jody knows, at Thrive, we are obsessed with micro steps because big changes start with tiny little steps. And in the middle of so much that overwhelms us, we need things that can empower us. And micro steps can empower us. So everything I'm going to suggest is really tiny. Uh, but by doing it regularly every day, it's going to really dramatically help with the levels of anxiety. And let me just start by mentioning three of my favorite micro steps. The first that actually you have been uh, mentioning in your social channels and Mark mentioned it in his tweet is simply breathing, consciously breathing. I can see Jody doing it. If we can all do it, just take a conscious inhale and a conscious long exhale. One more time, inhale, exhale. Inhale, exhale. So mindful breathing switches the neural circuitry of the brain that anxiety ramps up. So it's also at the foundation of meditation. And I know meditation is a big part of Salesforce. You have meditation rooms. Um, the first time I spoke at Salesforce, I actually sat on the cloud stage and uh, led people to a short meditation. So this is something that's kind of in your DNA culturally. So this is the time to actually practice it. And um, we even together with Salesforce launched a podcast for people who still find meditation daunting called Meditative Story that I highly recommend in these times. If you say get into bed and you're having trouble turning off your anxiety to go to sleep, please listen to a meditative story um, sponsored by Salesforce as it happens, which, is, which brings you into meditation through storytelling. You know, everybody loves stories. We put our children to bed and to sleep by telling them stories, so we can do that for ourselves. So a storyteller walks us through a story in their lives, and then there are mindfulness prompts, music, sounds that help you relax, get centered, uh, slow down your brain and the anxiety levels and the cortisol levels so that you can sleep, or you can do it at any time during the day. I sometimes do it if I, if I got a particularly stressful notification or I got a stressful piece of news. 
Again, take a minute either to use your breath or to listen to something that relaxes you and distresses you before you go on and stress and anxiety become cumulative. That's really what we are trying to avoid, the cumulative nature of stress and anxiety. We are not going to avoid anxiety and stress. These are going to be part of the new normal, but we don't have to live there. We can transcend them. And then this will become an amazing muscle that we have built that will transform our lives when we return to normal times. That's really the extraordinary thing of these times. Everything we should be doing now is something we should have been doing at all times. But now it's not just a nice to do, it's an imperative. And I made that, um, that sweater that I'm wearing, which actually um, is um, the motto of Thrive and um, our chief brand officer who was at the Huffington Post with me for 11 years, Danny Sher, and now um, with us at Thrive gave me this sweater as a gift. And uh, it says, Onward, upward, inward. So everybody I'm sure here who is listening knows about onward and upward. I'm sure part of why you have successful careers and have gotten where you are at Salesforce is because you have mastered onward and upward. Uh, but inward is also incredibly important. And during normal times, it's very hard to prioritize it because we're so incredibly busy and there are so many demands. When now we have an opportunity to practice inward and actually we absolutely have to. We have to in order to protect our sanity and reduce the levels of anxiety that otherwise become another epidemic. You know, we have the physical um, contagion, but we can also have a mental stress and anxiety contagion if we don't take active steps. So I mentioned micro step number one around breathing. There is actually another breath, a technique, if you're feeling particularly stressed, that believe it or not, the Navy SEALs use it. And it's called box breathing. And it's four, to the count of four, one, two, three, four, exhale, one, two, three, four, inhale, one, two, three, four, hold. So it's to the count of four, inhale, to the count of four, hold your breath, to the count of four, exhale. So you can either do the very simple breathing that we did at the beginning, or do the Navy SEAL box breathing. You can Google it, and, and which has been proven to be particularly important in particularly stressful circumstances. So the, the second micro step has to do with grounding ourselves in the present moment. Again, everybody talks about that in spiritual traditions, you know, Thich Nhat Hanh and the monastics, uh, when I was at Dreamforce, a few months ago, we're talking about it constantly. But now we just have to do it. 
Because if we don't stay in the present and we keep projecting our negative fantasies about the future, our anxiety is going to escalate. So let's ground ourselves in the present moment. One of my favorite quotes is Montaigne, the French philosopher who said, there were many terrible things in my life, but most of them never happened. So a lot of the negative fantasies we are going through in our heads right now, let's assume for the moment are not going to happen. They are not based on any factual information. We are just negative fantasizing. And the third thing is gratitude. So um, I did the hand washing challenge and you can go on my Instagram and see it. And my recommendation is every time we wash our hands for um, 20 seconds or 40 seconds, as they recommend, please remember during that time three things you are grateful for. You may be stuck at home with your children. And that sometimes, I'm sure, is incredibly overwhelming and difficult as you are trying to work. But it's also a source of gratitude. Um, Whatever it is that, um, that you feel grateful for, right now I'm feeling grateful for my bulletproof coffee. I don't know if anybody else likes bulletproof coffee, uh, but I love it. And I just took a, a, a sip of my steaming bulletproof coffee, and right now I'm in the present moment, very grateful for that. And I love working with Jody. And I'm very grateful to be here with her. So here, three things. My children are here with me, my bulletproof coffee, Jody. Great. Suddenly, I've switched from anxiety to gratitude. So I really want to open it up to questions, but I wanted to give you just a quick overview, and especially to remember that you have that centered place where anxiety cannot live by virtue of your birthright. It's there. We just have to take a few moments, actually 60 seconds, neuroscientists tell us, to tap into it. Thank you. Amazing. Thank you so much for joining us. I, this is just exactly what my soul needs right now. Um, one of the things that I know that I'm struggling with and that I think many are, I'm watching my family struggle with it, is, you know, we feel very compelled to stay on top of the news and to be able to, and, and to a very real degree, we, we need to know what's going on. We need to be following the rules. We need to be continuing to check in, right? And yesterday parks were open for me. Today, they're not open. So being able to understand that is important. Um, but I find that I get very anxious every time after the news and not really knowing, you know, how to just divide it and, and section it off and, you know, dip my toe in and get what I need and then kind of get out because I, it's like a black hole that kind of sucks us in. So I'm curious to have your thoughts around just all of the different media that's spiraling around and what we, how to manage it and how to regulate it? That is uh, such a great question. The first thing is to have a cutoff point at the end of the day. 
um, that you stop looking at news and social media so that you can begin the process of transitioning from your day with all its demands to the time to be able to get a good night's sleep and recharge and start again in the morning. There is nothing you need to know uh, at that particular time when you're having dinner with yourself or your family um, and getting ready to go to sleep. So you, you need, that's where we need to move to trust, that it's okay to have a cutoff point. And uh, that is key because one of the things that we actually can do is things to build our immune system. And foundational to that is sleep. So sleep is no longer just great for our health, for our productivity and all the other things we knew. It is foundational for our immunity. So if we are so anxious because we've just watched something in the news or we just read about a 12-year-old in Atlanta, as I just read this morning, who is in a coma with coronavirus, you know, and suddenly your mind goes to all sorts of negative fantasies. I thought children were um, had immunity, et cetera, et cetera. And we never know all the information. We never know exactly what happened. So we just fill in the blanks. We can't do that as we're getting ready to transition to sleep because then our sleep will be disturbed. And it's not just that we're going to wake up the next day feeling exhausted. And that makes it much harder to deal with the much more difficult realities of our day of navigating children at home, work remote, et cetera, et cetera. But also we are at this very moment compromising our immune system. So that's what I want to be so clear about. Um, we are ground zero of protecting ourselves from the virus. You know, the people who are um, most affected and in great, gravest danger are people with pre-existing conditions. And in a sense, exhaustion and... Um, and sleep deprivation become a pre-existing condition that makes us more vulnerable to the virus. So the reason why this cutoff point is so key is to protect our sleep and our immunity. That is very, very helpful. Um, thank you for that. Um, Catherine, I think you said that there was a question that had come in. Do you wanna um, throw one out for Ariana, please? Sure, there's a couple of questions that have come in. My college-aged daughter is home, and I don't want to scare her, but she's not taking any of this seriously, and it's stressing me out. Should I just let that go and just make sure that she's following social distancing guidelines? So as long as she's following social distancing guidelines, that means she's taking it seriously, right? So it is absolutely key to have um, college-aged children and children um, of any age that you are not completely in control of as you are of your school-aged children, make sure they follow uh, these guidelines. It is imperative. And, um, and whatever you need to do to make sure they follow them, you need to do it. If they're under the same roof with you, you need to make it a condition that they need to follow social distancing. They need to find other ways to interact with their friends on, um, 
on FaceTime, on uh, WhatsApp, on any communication method they're using. But no, we cannot, um, we cannot be lax about that. It is key. And, um, and it, has been, it has been proven to be the only way to flatten the curve. And again, of course, let's help our children with the, the same tools that we're giving to each other here. You know, the breathing, the gratitude, um, the being in the present, the cutoff point for social media. I mean, they need them as much as we need them. And this is a time to give them to them. And we are, um, we are bringing together a lot of influencers that your daughter may listen to much more than she would listen to me or to you or um, that who are saying these things. I, when I did my uh, hand washing challenge on Instagram, I, I challenged Selena Gomez to do it next and she did it and it's worth going to see it. She has over 5 million people who liked it and viewed it. And I'm, maybe your daughter loves Selena Gomez. So when she talks about social distancing or taking precautions, she may be more likely to listen to. So let's find the, the carriers of these messages that different demographics are going to relate to and bring them together. Great, thank you. Uh, how do I balance using technology as a lifeline to connect with loved ones and my need to unplug and be present? Um, I would say the need to unplug and be present and connect with ourselves, the inward part, is the most important part. We have all nailed managing technology, <laughs> and I'm sure there's nobody working at Salesforce who isn't a master at that. So what we need to nail now is the inward part. Um, as um, one uh, somebody posted on Instagram yesterday, if you can't go outside, go inside. And um, that's particularly relevant right now. So I would always prioritize that because you can take a few moments to connect with loved ones. But if we're disconnected from ourselves and our own center, it's going to be very hard to navigate the new normal. The biggest issue I'm dealing with right now is uncertainty. How do you manage all the uncertainty in the world right now? Yes, absolutely. Uncertainty is um, the main condition of the times we're living through, and it's not going to end anytime soon. But then it helps us realize that uncertainty is, is really a pre-existing condition for life, even before, the, even before the coronavirus. Just think of all the things that happened in your life that you would not have predicted, good and bad. And in the same way, we need to make friend of a friend of uncertainty. And instead of trying to exert control over what's happening, recognize where we have agency, where we have control, which is really about the steps we can take to reduce our anxiety and build our immune system. And then trust that there is a, that there is a kind of blueprint that we're not clear about, that will only make sense when we are out of it. You know how often life doesn't make sense as we're looking at it now and as we're living it, but it only makes sense 
in retrospect. So if we can trust that that will be the case now, but not try to control what's happening right now, we are going to find a lot more peace in it. It's not easy, but with practice, I promise it becomes easier. Another question. There's feelings of anxiety and being overwhelmed at these times, especially when the kids are at home because all the schools are closed. What kind of tips do you have from any parents who are home trying to balance the kids with everything else? Yes, so we actually have a lot of micro steps for working from home, which we can send to you. But it's obviously um, particularly stressful if you have young children uh, out of school. Uh, if you're in a more confined space, I mean, I, I have friends who are um, both partners working from the same space and with young children. So I think what is so important is to, as much as possible to set a schedule from the night before, knowing that, of course, everything is going to change, but at least have some plan and knowing who is the, if there are two partners, sometimes they're single parents who don't have that luxury. So kind of operating within the limits of what we have to be able to take turns, to be able to occupy them and, it's kind of amazing how children can be occupied with things that are not just video games or um, iPads. And I, I post a lot of those things on my Instagram. You can follow them and see, like I posted two twins um, kind of just playing with each other and their pillows and, and um, saying um, bugs go away. And, Children are internalizing what's happening at every age. And so being able to also talk to them when we are not stressed makes a big difference. Answering their questions, have regular conversations, not just one big talk about coronavirus, but regularly allowing them to express themselves. It's, it's a kind of an incredible opportunity and it's challenging and really hard. Trust me, I'm, I'm not minimizing it, but it's an incredible opportunity to move into our unconditional loving and acceptance. And um, all of us who have a perfectionist tendency um, need to abandon it. <laughs> uh, you know, um, my house has never looked more of a mess. I saw a level of dust suddenly as I was walking by and I thought, oh my God, you know, we really need to clean up this dust. Um, but at the same time, the only way to manage this with less stress is to prioritize. These are the, these are the balls we are not going to let drop and other balls will drop. Great. Thank you. I have another question. What has your daily routine been like in quarantine? And what is your advice for people who are hyper extrovert, who feel suffocated being isolated and inside? Beautiful. So um, my personal routine is to kind of, you know, get out of my PJs right away before I start working. <laughs> Not just when I'm doing Salesforce webinars, but I have so many friends who don't get out of their PJs. Um, and I think it's good to 
to dress as though you're going to work. You know, I, I would go to my office in a sweater and jeans. Um, I have friends who really dress up, you know, <laughs> even though they're in their home office. Whatever makes you feel my work day is starting. Um, instead of like feeling like there is no separation. We need to create some separation, even though we are in our home the whole time between our work day and the end of our work day. That's important anyway, because many of us have blurred those, um, those uh, connections, but we need to, it's even more important when we are all working from home. And the other question was, um, there was another question, right? Um, About the extroverted nature and like, what are you doing with all this energy and you're cooped up in your house? So actually, and that may sound paradoxical, whether you're an introvert or an extrovert, this is a good time to learn to go inward, even for five minutes. You know, don't think of it, oh, do I have to do like half an hour meditation? No. Just take five minutes to be still and go inward. Don't worry about your mind chattering or anything it's going to. If you don't want to do it, um, without some help, we've launched Meditative Story in partnership with Salesforce. Highly recommended. I think we're sending some links to your teams. Um, it's, uh, it's really a way to get into a mindful, meditative space through storytelling. Because we all love stories. So as we are listening to, the, to a different story in each podcast, we get mindfulness prompts, sounds, music. It's super calming and relaxing. And it helps us go inward. Because truly, the only way not just to survive, but to thrive through this period is to tap into that place inside ourselves. Otherwise, truly, we're going to freak out. We call our micro steps too small to fail. You can't fail. If five minutes of stillness or meditative story or not being an extrovert is too long, do it for two minutes. Whatever works for you, and then you begin to build. And then we need to be extroverts digitally. If you're living alone, you know, FaceTime your friends. Create, um, um, I have a group of girlfriends who are, who are setting up a Zoom cocktail hour tonight. You know, kind of get creative. Um, there are so many um, symphony orchestras and museums who are offering uh, online tours and online concerts. And so arrange to go to that concert digitally with your friends. You know, let's get creative. Let's get imaginative. It's a little bit like being children mm. and making do with whatever has been given. Well, and we are now going to be practicing this every morning, every afternoon. So I think, you know, one step at a time. I was taking, um, I was taking a couple of notes while you were speaking, and I really loved the three micro steps, right? Just start with breathing. Remember that negative things don't always happen. What was that quote again? Can you, can you repeat that quote? All the negative things in my life. Montaigne quote, there were many terrible things in my life, but most of them never happened. And I love this. I love this. I know we only have three minutes left, Jody and Catherine, and 
I really wanted to give some resources to Please. people. Thank you. To at any time. Thank and you. First of all, thriveglobal.com, which is our media platform, that's all we are covered. Secondly, uh, my Instagram is just full of quotes like that, the tips, you know, Ariana Huff with two Fs. You can go there and there's always going to be something. It could be a joy trigger to something that will make you laugh. But it's all for these times. There are not going to be a lot of glam pictures of me. <laughs> <laughs> or anyone at this point in time. <laughs> or anyone, yeah. And tons of stuff in stories about how people are coming together, what people are doing. And also, we are launching a big campaign together with the Harvard School of Public Health and CAA, the Creative Artists Agency, for first responders who are the frontline healthcare workers. Uh, we'd love you to go there. It will be, it's first responders first. And that's where we can also find um, help for our anxiety by giving and helping others. And the people who need us most are the frontline healthcare workers, who are really, we call them the first responders of this crisis. And the reason I mentioned this as not something that you can give to, but as a resource for you, is because when we, when we give to others, it puts our problems in perspective. So when you read there about the doctors and the nurses sleeping in their cars because they can't go home, not having enough protective gear, putting themselves at risk for us every day, it definitely helps us put our own problems in perspective. So. <laughs> giving, which is another micro step, is something we are encouraging everyone to do. And also we have tons of micro steps for the first responders in um, first responders first sight that you can also use for yourselves. Amazing. Amazing. Thank you so much for joining us, Ariana. We are so grateful for your time. This has been really, really special. And I think this is an exact reason why we have so much pride in working for Salesforce and being able to tap into luminaries like yourself. So thank you. Thank you. I want to add one more resource to what we're going to give everyone, which is I had recorded um, for Audible um, a parody of Good Night Moon. Anybody who is a parent listening knows, of course, that Good Night Moon is a perennial favorite. Uh, but it has a lot of um, a lot of psychological truth in it. We are basically helping our children disconnect from their surroundings and their world in order to surrender to sleep. So my parody is called "Good Night Smartphone," and um, and people can download it from Audible and uh, listen to it as just a way to slow down and then put their phone away. Because truly, nothing is going to happen between night and morning and creating a transition to sleep. And also in the morning when we wake up, let's take another micro step, one minute, 60 seconds before we go to our phone. So that we can almost like prepare ourselves. Um, Again, remember what we're grateful for, set our intention for the day, something before we go to the latest news, which may be another 300 cases of coronavirus or 
the parks are closing or whatever the latest news is, which immediately before we've even touched the ground with our feet, floods us with a cortisol hormone. We're really looking forward to bringing you even closer into our Ohana because you are family and we are all very, very grateful for you. So thank you very much. And we will talk to you again soon. Thank you so much. Thank you. Bye-bye. That was Ariana Huffington, Jody Koner, and Katherine Bowen. To support the First Responders First program, go to thriveglobal.com or check the link in our show notes. Also in our show notes are the resources that Ariana mentioned today. And for more information on how you can lead your business through change, go to salesforce.com slash blog. You can also tune into these conversations live every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern. Salesforce is here to help. Blazing Trails is a production of Salesforce, a customer relationship management solution committed to helping you deliver the personalized experiences customers want. So they'll keep coming back again and again. Salesforce, bringing companies and customers together. Visit salesforce.com learn more.